morning, church. Good morning. My name is Janie. That is true. And I'm one of the pastors here at Gadsden Vineyard Church. And uh, I know I've been sort of um, giving you guys a, a warning of what I was going to preach about today. Uh, it was, you know, it's fasting. And I thought it was going to be this, like, fasting sermon about breakthrough. And it's, uh, it's not that intense, actually. So uh, you guys uh, <laughs> just, um, just enjoy that. So uh, let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy and your peace. And Holy Spirit, will you help us to hear the truth today? In Jesus' name, amen. So this is the first Sunday in Lent. And, uh, and Lent started last Wednesday on Ash Wednesday. And it's just part of the church calendar, okay? It's not, don't panic, okay, guys? It's uh, the 40 days before Easter, right? Because for some reason we don't count the Sundays. Don't get too bogged down in that detail. <laughs> don't start counting and be like, wait a minute, this is 46. What is, she doesn't know how to count. Uh, and there is a rabbit trail. You know, you can look that up on Wikipedia later to find out why people do that. But it's not worth it. Don't do it. Um, and it's just, Lent is a time for Christians to prepare themselves for the celebration of Easter, okay? And we prepare for this feast with uh, prayer and study and reflection and, um, and fasting. And this got really loud all of a sudden. Can we make it where I can't hear it so loudly? What? I mean, was I? I've got the, all right. <laughs> I, I just, it was just really in my face. <laughs> okay, all right, sorry. <clears throat> so, uh, <laughs> what were we talking about? Amen, dismissed. Um, so, we, we prepare with prayer and study and fasting. <laughs> and um, last time I preached, I talked about Jesus' baptism. Do you guys remember? And... Um, Jesus is baptized, and a voice comes from heaven and says, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. And this is what happens right after that. Uh, today's gospel comes from Matthew 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you bow down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, 
For it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended to him. So the Holy Spirit lands on Jesus like a dove and then leads him into the desert, into the wilderness. And he was already in the wilderness. That's where John the Baptist hangs out. So the Holy Spirit, I imagine he has led him into an even wilder wilderness. Do you want the Holy Spirit to land on you? (laughs) And Matthew tells us he's led into the desert to be tempted by the devil. And in preparation, Jesus fasts for 40 days, 40 full days. And it says he was hungry, and I believe that. And I think that sometimes when we read this, we think, oh, poor Jesus. You know, he was starving. And that tricky devil, you know, here he comes to uh, take advantage of his weakness. And yeah, that's what the devil does. (laughs) And Jesus may have been weak physically, right? Forty days and nights with no food. Um, Our bodies aren't really designed for that. Um, so yeah, he's probably not 100%. But spiritually, he's been feasting on God's word, right? The bread of life. And he's been eating the truth of, you are my son, and I love you, and I'm pleased with you. He's been eating that for 40 days. So first, the devil tempts Jesus in his flesh, right? He's hungry. If you are the son of God, turn these rocks into bread. And Jesus fights the temptation with scripture, right? He quotes Deuteronomy. And the devil's like, oh, scripture, eh? Okay. He takes him to the top of the temple, and then he quotes scripture to him, right? If you're the son of God, prove it. Jump off this building, because Psalm 91 says your angels will catch you. And Jesus doesn't fall for the temptation. He doesn't have to prove he's the son of God, right? He's been eating that truth. So again, he beats the temptation by quoting scripture. Deuteronomy. So the devil takes Jesus up a mountain. And this time he tempts him with earthly power. And maybe we think, like, oh, well, Jesus wasn't really tempted. He's Jesus, you know. He's not tempted like we are. But Jesus is true God and true man. And how many of you are true man? Yeah. And how many of you deal with temptation? Yes. The Gospels tell us that Jesus was led into the desert to be tempted. It doesn't say he was led into the desert to be mildly harassed by the devil. So Satan tempts Jesus with earthly power if he'll just bow down to him. And for the third time, Jesus denies Satan by quoting Deuteronomy. So if you think that Deuteronomy is a boring book because it is full of page after page of God's laws and commandments, well, look how powerful it is. Look at how powerful God's law is. Jesus was hungry and physically weak, right? The devil was able to put him on the temple roof and drag him up a mountain. You know, 
Jesus didn't physically remove himself from these temptations. Because that's what we try to do, right? Well, I'm just, I'm tempted by that, so I'm just going to not go around that. You know, I mean, that's a good start. I'm not going to lie. But we can't depend on our own willpower to defeat that. But spiritually, he'd fasted on God's word and truth for 40 days. And he beats the devil's temptations with no hesitation by quoting the law that he was perfectly keeping. Fasting was good for Jesus. And later on we see in Acts that it's good for the disciples. And it's good for us too. So, let's talk about it for a minute. And I hope to make this as painless as possible. Okay, fasting is a spiritual discipline. And spiritual disciplines are practical ways or habits that we can take on to help us move deeper into our relationship with God. And right off the bat, I want to make very clear that spiritual disciplines have nothing to do with our salvation. Salvation comes from the Lord. And doing these disciplines will not earn us grace. And not doing these disciplines will not send you to hell. Okay? Do you understand that? Do you believe that? Anyone? Okay, thank you. <laughs> hmm. Spiritual disciplines make our relationship with God deeper. And I want you to know that you're already doing some of these disciplines, okay? Because prayer is a spiritual discipline. And I know you guys are all good at praying. Worship is a spiritual discipline. We just sing our faces off. So I don't want you to think of these disciplines as something that only mystics and monks do. We are all called to do these things, and we're not required to be theological geniuses in order to do them. But it does take something, a little something. Um, you do need a longing for more of God. You need a hunger or a thirst for more of Him. Psalm 42 says, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. We need to feel that way too. And the motivation of our hearts is important in these disciplines. Because if we do this out of our own will, if we do this out of a sense of duty, there won't be any life in it, okay? And we will turn these wonderful things into dead religious rules. And the Pharisees in the New Testament, they were really good at that, right? They would take spiritual disciplines and they would make them into rigid rules. And their hearts were turned to themselves and not to the Lord, and they were satisfied with that. They were satisfied with looking holy. Okay, they looked good on the surface, but they didn't have any substance inside, you know, and they didn't have any longing. They were content with themselves. So when God came down to earth and walked among them, they couldn't recognize him. And we can easily fall into this same mode of thinking, okay? Because it's really easy for us to take things and make them about ourselves. 
our culture tells us to do this. You know, everything's about me, us. So these disciplines should be all about God, okay? He should be at the center, not us and not the discipline. In his book, uh, Celebration of Discipline, Richard Foster says that joy is the keynote of all the disciplines. The purpose of the disciplines is liberation from the stifling slavery to self-interest and fear. So, liberation or freedom from our pride and our fear equals joy. And it might not seem at first that fasting can lead to joy, (laughs) but it does. So, fasting, okay? I'm talking about abstaining from food and maybe certain drinks for a period of time. Okay, and I know you can fast from other things, um, but I'm, I'm just talking about food. And we do this to empty ourselves and we depend on God's word to satisfy us. And fasting is all through the Bible. Like all of the big names did it. Okay, Jesus, Paul, Moses, King David, even Anna, the prophetess, you know, it said, like she spent more than half of her life just worshiping and fasting in the temple. And they all denied themselves so that they could put their focus more on God. So fasting is biblical, But it's not a commandment, okay? It's not a commandment, but it is expected of us. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says in Matthew 6, When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. So Jesus says when you fast, not you must fast. He doesn't say, well, if you decide to fast... He says, when? And you see how he calls out the Pharisees for having the wrong hearts for fasting. They do it to glorify their reputations and for their surface holiness. And Jesus goes on in verse 17, but when you fast, and look, he says it again. (laughs) But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting but only to your father who is unseen. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So fasting was such a part of their culture that Jesus doesn't even have to explain what it is or how to do it, right? He doesn't give them rules for how long to fast or when they should fast, you know, just that, well, when you do it, button your lip and look fresh. So no one knows except your heavenly father. And Jesus says if we do it in secret, we get a reward. Now, do we fast in order to receive a blessing? No. We do it because we long for more of God in our life, so we empty ourselves. If we are fasting so that we can get something from God, right, or manipulate God into giving us a blessing. Well, I think that spiritual manipulation is just witchcraft, right? Don't do that. So remember, God should be at the center of our fast, not a blessing, 
Do not worship a blessing. Do not worship a gift. So, I would love for us to fast during Lent. Now, if you are pregnant or diabetic or sick or a child, (laughs) don't fast. Just make good choices. And if you live on the street and you're not sure where your next meal is, then you are familiar enough with hunger. And please don't feel obligated to skip a meal that is offered to you. But if you want more of God, if you are hungry for him, I want you to try fasting this month. And start out easy. Okay, we're not doing 40 days of not eating any food. <laughs> That's not going to work, okay? Um, we gotta start out, we got to start out with small steps, okay? Um, our bodies and our minds have been trained to believe that we need three meals a day or we're going to die. <laughs> Um, so we got to break, we got to break that. So maybe this week, try skipping one meal. Okay. Do you think you can do that? Yeah. Skip one meal. And if you can use that break to pray to the Lord and tell him you love him and ask him for help to get through this. And if you can't feel like the whole time up with prayer, like, don't worry about that either, you know? It's a start. And, um, and if that goes okay, then pick another day to skip a meal. And then maybe the next week, like maybe you could skip a meal every other day. Okay, that would add three extra prayer times to your week. And like I said, I'm not talking about like long, dramatic prayers. Just pray what you pray and then hush. And listen to what he's saying. And if you still have time, read a chapter in your Bible. Deuteronomy. (laughs) And I wonder if by the week before Easter, okay, Holy Week, if we could stretch ourselves to skip two meals a day for three days that week. Okay, now this doesn't have to be rigid and dramatic, okay? Keep drinking water juice or sports drink. Um, When I do this, I will sip on a sports drink um, if I get, you know, feeling kind of poorly. So um, no one's going to be disappointed that you drink a sports drink. (laughs) Uh, Just sip on one. Don't gulp it because you might get a stomach ache. Now, here's something to also know. Sundays are feast days, so eat, okay? And if you go to a wedding and you're invited to a dinner or a party and it happens to fall on your feet or on your fast day, eat. You <laughs> now, wait. <laughs> uh, let's just consider most weddings are on Saturday afternoons, so, you know. So there you go. You're welcome. Um, But yes, uh, you know, the disciples weren't fasting, and the Pharisees got really mad about it. And Jesus was like, well, I'm the bridegroom. How are they supposed to be fasting when it's feasting time? 
And um, so, but when Jesus left, you know, they had to uh, fast. So, um, so when you're at a wedding, like, don't be that guy or that lady that's like, I can't participate because I'm fasting right now. you like, don't. Um, and also, if when you're trying this, if you feel like you're going to pass out, like, that's too far. Just eat something. You don't have to eat a whole Uncle Herschel's breakfast. You know what I mean? Like, start with a bite of, like, a granola bar. Let's work, you know, try. Because <laughs> fasting isn't easy, okay? Especially if you're not used to it. And, um, and it will teach you lessons about yourself that you might not like. <laughs> um, because self-denial is not easy. And, uh, and we hate it. And, um, and fasting can show us just how much of our peace depends on our stomachs. Yeah, on <laughs> food. Um, but Paul reminds us that our stomach is not our God, you know. And remember, there is joy in fasting, and there's change in fasting. There's, you know, spiritual growth. And... Um, and that's what I thought this would be about, about, like, all the breakthrough you'd get. And, um, and God reminded me, like, hey, you know what? Like, small change, small change adds up. And um, so we have to, we need to start small. And uh, I'm going to give you two scenarios to talk about small change, okay? So let's say that you decide to fast, but you don't really want to. You know, your heart's not in it. You're just trying it because I'm up here telling you to do it. Uh, right? But you do it. And you're at work and someone says, oh, how was lunch? Right? And you say, like, oh, I didn't eat. My pastor's making us fast. Or you don't throw me under the bus, but you're like, no, I'm fasting. I can't eat. Um, and later on, you know, you're kind of moaning. And you're like, oh, man, this headache. If only I could eat some food, you know. And maybe the next day when you're doing it, you're like, I can't believe you brought donuts to work. You know I'm trying to fast. Yeah, <laughs> there's donuts. <laughs> but at the end of the week, you made it. And you fasted without help from God because you never prayed to him. And <laughs> but you managed to skip two meals for three days, Right? And you get home, and there's some cake. There's cake at home. And you say, yes, I'm going to have some cake because I deserve it. Okay. Now consider this scenario. You do want a deeper relationship with God. And you think, okay, <laughs> I'll try fasting. So you quietly skip a meal. There is no fanfare. But it's fine. And then you work your way up and you, you try skipping two meals and you notice that you are super cranky. But you pray about it, okay? And you ask God for help with your hunger and with your attitude. And every day it was hard. And once you did have to eat some peanut butter crackers. But guess what? That's not a sin. So at the end the end and it's time for you to break your fast and you're glad it's over but you're also thinking of trying it again sometime because 
because you really enjoyed the extra prayer time and maybe listening to worship music in your car on your break, right? And you get home and you open the fridge and there's cake. There's cake in the fridge. Oh my gosh, what a treat. What a blessing. Thank the Lord for cake. So they both fasted, right? They both got cake at the end. But their hunger exposed their weaknesses, right? But the one's joy was hollow, and the one's joy was genuine. And only one was changed. And maybe, you know, you weren't changed in a huge way, but the more you long for God and the more you try spiritual disciplines, those changes add up. And your relationship with the Lord deepens. So the more you pray and worship and fast and study the word, and I cannot stress to you enough how important reading the word is, the more that you will recognize God in your life and you won't be all about your surface, right? Like the Pharisees. You will be deep. And deep calls out to deep. And when the enemy comes to mess with you and to offer you things, you will have the discipline and the spiritual authority to say with no hesitation, away from me, Satan, just like Jesus, our brother, showed us. Do you guys want that? I mean, I do. That's a lie. And I want us to be so hungry for God that we feast on his word every day. And we eat the truth that we crave, the truth that tells us that we are his sons and daughters and that he loves us. And that he's pleased with us, absolutely. And I want us to know that his word will literally sustain us. And I want us to deny ourselves, our flesh, and follow Jesus just like the disciples. I don't want us to be satisfied with sitting in here one day a week and singing songs and then leaving and not doing anything and then coming back the next week and thinking like, okay, cool, this is it. Totally satisfied, totally content. I don't want that. Do you guys remember in Luke 10 when Jesus sends out the 72 disciples and um, they go out to different towns and they're supposed to um, what, share the peace and heal the sick and preach the kingdom of God. And when the disciples come back to report everything, it says they're filled with joy. They were filled with joy and they were excited and they were telling him all the stuff and he's like, yeah, 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 I know. He says, when I sent you out, I saw Satan fall like lightning. And I want us to be that empty and that hungry that we let God fill us and grow us so that when we walk out of that door to serve him, we have joy. And he says, when I sent you out there, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Now, there's more I could say about fasting, and there's a ton of scriptures that I could read to you. But I think this is plenty for us to feast on right now. Feast on right now. Um, so I'm going to pray, 
and then we're going to come to the table and eat together as a family. And we're going to let Karen uh, lead us in communion. And then after that, when you need prayer, come and meet us on the green carpet over here and let the Holy Spirit minister to you for whatever you need. And especially um, if you want more longing in your heart for the Lord. Uh, we want to, you know, let's, let's pray before we do this, right? All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. And we say you are so good. And Holy Spirit, we are hungry. But will you make us hungry for more? Will you help us to empty ourselves so that we can be filled? Thank you. And Jesus, thank you for showing us how to be human and how to live our lives for you, for your glory. Help us, O oh Lord, in your name, amen.